This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am JP Motor. <laughs> and we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how are we doing today, man? I am doing outstanding. As we record this episode, we are number 11 in Cyprus. Wow. Yeah. What's that? Cyprus is a place. <laughs> it's a location. It's actually the third largest island in the Mediterranean Sea. Okay. I started doing some Cyprus homework. Of Got course. a little sidebar. All right. Do you know either of the other two islands in the Mediterranean Sea that are larger than Cyprus? I mean, is it close to Greece? Is Greece a Sicily thing? is number one. Okay. It's sorry. Sardinia is number two. Oh, yeah, okay. And then Cyprus. Okay, hey. 12 to 13 hours of sunshine in July. All right. Which is double the half of double. Ha- double. <laughs> a- it's about twice as much. of. No- it's double half of Northern Europe. So if you take half of Northern Northern Europe and you double it, that's where we are in Cyprus. Okay. Well, hey, thanks to the listeners in Cyprus for making us number 11. We know you also were where The Longest Day, the John Wayne film, was filmed in 1962. (laughs) Wow. So not to be confused with True Grit or Big Jake or Rooster Cogburn, but The Longest Day. Yeah. Well done, Cyprus. Thanks for keeping us on the map. In all seriousness, like uh, we get reports every week of... Of, of where people are listening to the show and and where we are on their respective you know iTunes and Spotify charts and it's astonishing every week we end up in these top one hundred top fifty uh, top twelve yeah I mean 11. it's it's insane so in all honesty thanks for listening around the world thanks from, world from Japan to Canada to Cyprus to Argentina to I don't have the list of Netherlands but it's really like we've we've we're close to forty different countries we we're in the top one hundred charts in so. Thank Thanks so much for listening. It's amazing. We're worldwide, and uh, it's all because of you. Um, kind of similar to the way Jimi Hendrix is worldwide. You know, the guy is, was, is, was continues to be, has a legacy that remains worldwide. Uh, started in, uh, well, we'll talk about it oh, later. Let's talk we'll about talk it. About a little We're later. doing something special this week. That's um, right. We're going to do a listen-through of the album, Are You Experienced, by the Jimi Hendrix Experience. And so what we do, we did this last uh, last season with a Sting album, uh, Ten Summoner's Tales. And so we've got two different versions of this for you to listen to, for you to choose. Um, if you want to listen through with us, with the music, then we've got that version of the episode. And then if you want to listen on your own uh, then you can do that, and we'll have a you know we've got a version of the episode that is just us talking, and we'll tell you when to hit play so that you can listen along in in real time with us. You know, if you want to listen at home, but put us in your ears or some you know or on your phone or whatever. Um, so however you want to do that, just make sure that you are listening to the episode that you want. They'll be labeled appropriately on you know on your podcast player. Just make sure that you are right now listening to the episode that is set up the way that you want to hear it. And there's lots of different versions out there, but we'll tell you which version of this album because there's deluxe editions and there's you know 
If you if you go on to uh, and we're just using uh, you know Apple Music and Spotify as the two major players in this, and you search for the album "Are You Experienced" by the Jimi Hendrix Experience, the album that you should see and the version that we're going to use will come up as the "Are You Experienced" Deluxe Edition. Um, and there'll be it, Purple it Haze, a, Manic Depression, Hey Joe. There's your first three. That's right. Yeah. Why don't, we'll go ahead and le- read you off the track list just so you have it. It's Purple Haze, Manic Depression, Hey Joe, Love or Confusion, May This Be Love. I Don't Live Today, The Wind Cries Mary, Fire, Third Stone from the Sun, Foxy Lady, Are You Experienced, Stone Free, 51st Anniversary, Highway Child, Can You See Me, Remember, and then Red House to close it out. Wow, I'm already excited. I know, right? Just reading the track list is exciting. It'll be a yellow cover with the uh, Jimi Hendrix Experience uh, across the top and Are You Experienced across the bottom with the band in the middle. We wanted to make sure that you have the the right one. Um, Originally, it was released in the UK with one uh, track listing and then it was released in the US with a different track listing and then later re-released as the deluxe edition with a combination of both track lists. And we may so, talk more about that as we get into yeah, it. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. So at first I was like, why are there so many different versions of this? And then I figured out as we're doing research. So uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to tell you three, two, one, play. And when we hit, when we say play, we're going to hit the play button or if you're listening uh, independently on another device to the album, you're going to hit the play button. If you're on vinyl, I think you might be kind of out of luck. I'm going to recommend you go digital on this one. Um, but we're going to hit play, and we're just going to listen through. It's like we're in your living room just having a conversation about this album. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to listen to it and just appreciate its greatness. And there and, may uh, be space where we're not talking. Yeah. We're just sitting and listening. You guys can listen along with us Because this is it. a great, great album, uh, the debut album from the Jimi Hendrix Experience. So let's start it now. We'll, we'll kick right in here. Uh, with a little purple haze, and we're going to listen through Are You Experienced by the Jimi Hendrix Experience. In three, two, one, play. Oh, yeah. In your face. In your face. Intro city right here. This is just, you know it's about to go down. That first few notes, by the way, is uh, the bass sitting on an E octave, and then the guitar... On a B flat, a tritone away. That that's where you get that. Purple haze. We're immediately going to crack into uh, one of the greatest misheard lyrics of all time at the end of this verse. Listen closely here. Lyrics are while I kiss the sky. That's right. Not while I kiss Not this guy. While I kiss this guy. Immediately, too, we're hit with the Hendrix chord, the quote unquote Hendrix chord. That is right. Let's talk a little talk bit about, about it. it. Go ahead. Uh, so, the, I, I came to know this, and a lot of people know this as the Hendrix chord. It is actually a sharp nine chord uh, that would be spelled, in this case, in the key of E. You'd be E, uh, G sharp, or the third. Um, and then a D, which would be the flat seven, and then a G natural, which you wouldn't normally find in an E major chord, uh, but it's like a, it gives you, it's the sharp, it's a sharp nine is what it is in this case. It's really the minor third, but it gets, it gets kind of played. It's a chord that you can go the flat nine or the sharp nine, and it's either one. It's a specific shape that gets used a lot and gets used on Purple Haze, Foxy Lady, et cetera. Um, and guitar players worldwide play it. They don't usually call it sharp nine chord. They just call it the Hendrix chord. Yeah. That's what you get on this. Hendrix actually called this a love song. 
Really? Yeah. He said this is a love song, which... I uh, love drugs. I love... Hey! <laughs> no. It's uh, number, seven, no, guess... number 17 on the Rolling Stone top songs ever. Wow. List. So you're coming out the gates with yeah. the number 17 song ever. It's true. You immediately want it to be about drugs. It's not. It is. It's a, it is a love song. I've never thought about it in that context, but it's... This girl's got me tripping, you know? Like... It's not the drugs this time. It's the girl. <laughs> yeah. So this album, and you're going to hear it all the way throughout, this album is is known for its use of psychedelia in its mixing and approach. And so a lot of the engineering and a lot of the mixing was done to intentionally make use of, you know, albums, albums hadn't been being made in stereo that long. So there's a lot of, um, left and right weird stuff. There's a lot of front to back stuff where lyrics will, uh, kind of be in the background and guitars will be moving all over the place, drums and bass going all over the place. It's intentionally weird. And we're going to hear a lot of that. Is this song in three, four, yeah. Six eight. Yeah. Okay. It's three four. You could call it six eight two, but it really feels like three four. One two three. One two three. I'm Jimi Hendrix here to talk to you about bipolar disorder. <laughs> this kind of highlights the Mitch Mitchell uh, jazz style drumming. Yeah. In the three four, we won't t- technically do a meet the band section. That's right. So we'll just touch on on some band members as we go through. Yeah. This is a cool song. I, there's a couple songs on here that are, you know, everybody knows a handful of Hendrix songs. Um, this is one that is m- maybe on that second level, I think, that not everybody knows. Um, but this is one of my favorite songs of his that I feel like is his, like really a style that still kind of only belongs to him. Like a lot of his stuff became rock templates for other band you know what i mean like um but this one and and another song or two on this album are in a style that is still kind of unique to jimmy that other people didn't carry on unless they're doing like tributes to jimmy that kind of stuff some pretty neat covers on this one seals got a pretty good one and Uh jeff beck's got a pretty good one obviously Mm. jeff beck could pull this off because he's kind of weird too yeah king's x also has a great cover oh i've not heard that they did it live at uh woodstock 94 must have been and uh, put it as a bonus track on one of their albums. I'm surprised you didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's solid. As we speak on Woodstock, as we record this, they're doing a 50th anniversary of Woodstock this year. True. Jimi Hendrix, a.k.a. James Marshall Hendrix, a.k.a. Johnny Allen Hendrix. (laughs) Born Johnny Allen Hendrix, November 27th, 1942. Passed away in 1970. He was really only in prominence for four years, put out three albums, and living forever. Just crazy. I love the bounciness of this song. It's really different. It's rock and roll, but it's different. And from here on out, Mitch Mitchell is just basically soloing on the drums. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear how he became the uh, drummer for them? No. He edged out a guy named Ansley Dunsbar with a flip of a coin 
Like no they kidding. came down to this to Mitch Mitchell and Dunbar, and they're like, "Well, let's flip a coin." Wow! And he won the coin toss. Jeez. I don't know what's worse, being the fifth Beatle or being the guy that <laughs> the, lost in a lost coin toss to Mitch coin Mitchell. Flip. Mitch Mitchell was in a band, too, called Dirty Mac. I don't know if you looked up Dirty Mac. I didn't either until this too much, but it's John Lennon, Eric Clapton on guitar, Keith Richards on bass, and Mitch Mitchell on drums. Never even what? heard it until I started doing I know. They have a song called Your Blues. Look it up. It's It's pretty cool. That's crazy. That's crazy. Random, weird symbol. Like, I, I have no idea why that's in there like that. Yeah, let's mellow it out a little bit. Man. Okay. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. I did want to mention the guitar solo on Manic Depression starts out with some. Hang on. I'm feeling it. I'll talk about it later. He does it again later. Where is he going with that gun in his hand? I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> this was Hendrix's first single. Yeah, so. so what happened is Hendrix is born in Seattle, Washington. He's a U.S. player, but all his stuff originated in the U.K. He moved to England after uh, after spending some time in Tennessee and playing some R&B circuits and that kind of stuff. Um, he uh, moved to England, and his first three or four songs came out as singles first before this album came out. So... The UK version of this song, of this album, Are You Experienced, doesn't have Purple Haze, doesn't have um, um, Hey Joe, doesn't have something else. Um, And the US version does because they hadn't been released as singles here in the US. So there's a different track listing for the two. That's why we're going with the deluxe version because it combined everything from those. it's not like a necessarily a later, you know, you, after somebody passes now, you'll get deluxe editions that have unreleased tracks. And it's not necessarily that. It's just got the added in back songs that weren't on the original UK release all in one thing. So uh, I'm Jimi Hendrix here to talk to you about do- attempted domestic murder. <laughs> if you like attempted domestic murder, you're going to love this song. He actually didn't write this song. It was written by a guy named Billy Roberts, okay, who was an opening act for the Steve Miller Band, um, and then Santana. Okay, um, he got disco- He was pretty much recognized at the Bill Graham festivals, not Billy Graham, not but, Billy Graham, yeah, uh, different, different Bill Graham that made the Fillmore and Winterland Arena popular. Awesome. Boom, boom, boom. Great riff. Let's talk about the Circle of Fifths yeah, while yeah. we still have some time in this song. So the Circle of Fifths is a, is a a musical term. If you think of a circle, the the strongest way to get from one chord to another is by a fifth. It creates what's called um, it, it's it's a certain uh, cadence, a strong cadence that makes your ear know what's coming next. And so in this, we've got C, G, D, A, E, and those are all a fifth apart. Um, and so it's a really strong chord progression that. Each chord tells you what the next chord is going to be. Your your ear just kind of and they're major chords and they're major chords, which is yeah unusual. If you were in the key of uh, E, you really you know it's outside the key of E, but it creates a really strong chord progression. And then they run that little riff underneath it. Oh, I just love it so much. This song is about as straightforward a mix as there is on this album. There's not much weirdness or you know, overuse of effects on this album. Um, 
gosh, I just love that riff. Every single time. I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah, when they wrote that song, uh, when Billy Roberts wrote that song, it was the same progression that him and his girlfriend had on another song Whoops. called Baby Please Don't Go to Town, though, that revolved around the circle of fifths. So. There we go. How about that? Love All or right. confusion. Now we're going to get into some weirdness. This is a um, couple songs on here that are just kind of him strumming his guitar. They're not really riff-based. And you hear it. There is weirdness in the vocals, man. Way back in a cave. He sounds like he's singing from another room. There's a lot of cool panning stuff in this mix, stuff going left to right. Uh, Guitar slides going right to left. Lead vocals are panned hard left on this one, but the reverb from the vocals is panned hard right. (laughs) So if you, I highly recommend, I hope you're listening. I should have said this already. I hope you're listening in headphones. That's the best way to experience this album. Um, But on this song, the the vocals are panned all the way to the left side. And then on the right side, you only get the reverb from the vocals. It's really interesting. Same kind of thought in line. He's, he's got the line in Purple Haze about, is it tomorrow or just the end of time? He has a lot of those kind of questions. Lo- is this love or confusion? You know what I mean? It's kind of... Just interesting sounds. So a lot of the stuff that Jimmy did as a player has become... Uh, everybody does it. There's, there's, I, I don't think there's probably a rock and roll guitar player alive now who isn't influenced by Jimmy directly or indirectly. It's just the stuff that he did became the stuff that you do as a rock guitar player. It's like, um, you know, he, he was really heavy into effects and his use of, um, you know, delay and octaves. He'll use octaves while he's soloing, you know, uh, above, you know, an, an octave above the notes that he's playing um, at, from a pedal effect. And his use of even, he was kind of the first major guitarist to make, dis, uh, to make feedback his friend. You know what I mean? Feedback is that thing you get where you're standing in front of an amp or if somebody's got a microphone and they kind of point it toward a speaker, it starts what's called a feedback loop and it just creates this screaming sound. He took that sound and and made it work for him and, and was kind of the first to use it with some artistry as part of his playing as opposed to something unwanted. And, you know, Lord knows... So many bands have done that since afterward, use it to their advantage. But uh, so much of that stuff that he did, you don't even think about now. You just think, oh, I'm playing rock and roll. But a, a lot of it uh, has been influenced by, you're either influenced by Jimmy directly or you're influenced by somebody who was influenced by Jimmy. It's a good way to put it. And he gets, he gets all kinds of credit for his soloing and stuff, but he's a magnificent rhythm guitar player, too. Yeah, got the some. stuff he does with. His clean stuff and his, his rhythm, just ideas, got some just phenomenal stuff. We got another question here coming up here. We got some more guitar weirdness too. Some more guitar weirdness. Enjoy it. Eddie Kramer on the mix for this album. Uh, Chaz um, Chandler. Chaz Chandler on production. 
who was also Jimmy's manager slash roommate slash songwriting partner. Did you hear how he became his manager? No. The, okay, so Jimmy got discovered by Keith Richards' girlfriend, Linda Keith, Didn't at, we Caf- all? at Cafe Wa. Okay. Um, and she's like, she went to Andrew Oog, who was the Stones manager, and was like, you need to pick this guy up. And he rejected him, like, fail, like, said no. And so wow. Chaz Chandler, who was leaving the Animals, picked him up. So I bet old Andrew... Kicked himself uh, for Whoops. a while there. There's always that that person in somebody's story. It seems like the person could who have been almost was connected. Yeah, kind of like the drummer. Yeah. I like the uh, Mitch Mitchell's got his snares turned off on this song, so that that kind of march beat you're hearing normally would be a snare drum, um, but in this case, if you're not a drummer, the the snare drum is the one that gives that. And uh, it's got snares on the side of it, little wires that are called snares. And you can you can flip a button on the side, and it'll turn those off. Doesn't happen very often, but it's mostly for used for when you're changing the drum head. Really, you have to take the snares off because they're very tight. Or when you're in church and the feedback is making the snare vibrate. Yes, and the pastor's like, "Go flip off the snare." Exactly, yeah, from making a noise. Off. Yep, exactly. So this song, Mitch is rocking along without the uh, without the snares on. So pleasant, like I don't know. I just I like this song a lot. It's very pleasant. It's still a con- kind of a continuation of the lyrical theme from the previous song. Really, um, it's and it's kind of the first song that makes me feel like maybe Jimmy's going to be okay. <laughs> like the yeah. first few songs, I'm like I'm kind of worried about Jimmy. You guys, <laughs> I don't really know him yet. He's brand new, but uh, I'm kind of worried about him. I think there's a um, there's definitely a, a a tambourine mounted to the. Um, hi-hat on this song where he's he clicks down the hi-hat and you get a tambourine on it and i was watching some behind the scenes stuff on it and they said it was a, a tambourine i think what we're also hearing on the cymbals you hear and it continues forever with this kind of sizzly sound i think what we're hearing there is a rivet symbol um it's a it's like a a big ride symbol, but it's got holes drilled in it all the way around the edges, and then they put rivets in them that you would find, you know, in jeans or whatever. Um, and so that when you strike it, those rivets just sizzle forever. For those of y'all that thought he was coming off uh, down off the trip of the acid, this is him coming down. Yeah. Like, this is him chilling out. Right. Um, but he's about to... About to do it again. Oh. We're about to be worried about Jimmy again. <laughs> This song is actually dedicated to American Indians. Is it really? Uh, yeah, because Jimmy's got some Cherokee heritage. Yeah. So this is his dedication to the American Indians. Oh, wow. Now I don't know what to think about that. <laughs> well, he's depressed again. I don't know. There's a guitar part in here, too, that uh, where he uses the manual wah effect. This was before the wah pedal was actually popular. Yeah. So there's a manual wah effect in here that he does. Is that where he he does the same thing on Voodoo Child where he it's basically just switching, it's switching his pickup his, selectors. Yep, you'll hear it yeah. here in a minute. This is a song that they considered more gothic rock than his psychedelic stuff. It's kind of more despair yeah. rock. I, I tell you what. I feel like I love this song. I don't know. Like, I really love this song. I feel like this song is peak Jimmy. Like, it's, you know, it's another one of those that's kind of the B-level as far as what people know of his. Um, 
But as far as his uniqueness, I feel like songs like this one and like Manic Depression Depression. really showcase his creativity as well as anything else. It's so different. Nobody's doing this now. You know what I'm saying? This is still uniquely Jimmy. It's got those kind of bouncy beats and then it's like goes back to straight rock. It's kind of all over the place, but it's still it does its thing, you know. On the chorus, when they get back to the I don't live today chorus, um, you'll hear a technique on the strings, uh, on, on, on the guitar, where he's holding two strings at the top down and then bending the third string while holding those top two strings down. Um, and it gives almost an effect of like a, um, like a steel guitar, you know, that. That's cool. I love that. Kenny Wayne Shepherd Band has a great cover of this on their uh, Live On album, I think it is. Interesting. We haven't talked much about David Noel Redding, the bass player. Yeah, let's who, talk about him. It was actually a guitar player that they had to basically show how to play bass for this <laughs> album. Um, he was in a band called Fat Mattress and the <laughs> Noel Redding Band with the Thin Lizzy guitar player, Eric Bell. And he always uses a pick every time. So he's a. So this end is just a free for all. This ending section is the instruments kind of duck in and out occasionally while Jimmy's talking in the left side. Um, if you're listening closely, and I mean very closely, in the final moments of the song, this is actually where you'll hear him say, Are you experienced as the song fades for the first time? You'll Which hear is him the say, title of the album. Yeah. But you got to be really listening. Such weird stuff, man, in this mix. This is a depressing as heck song. (laughs) I mean, really. (laughs) Man. Fades. So, so like, I have this album, and if if somebody can tell me who these people are, I'll send you a hundred bucks. I have this album called um, Pile by a band called Load. L-O-D-E. I think they're local to Chattanooga or where. And it's basically, they just got high and went in the studio and recorded. They just recorded a song of like themselves laughing, like, with an octave down (laughs) on their vocals and acoustic guitars. And like, it came to me by a friend of a friend who like (laughs) found it. You know what I'm saying? But it's honest to goodness, one of my favorite things in life. Um, I feel like that's kind of what happened at the end of I Don't Live Today. This is a classic. All right, another big hit, When Cries Mary. Yeah. Based on the middle name of Kathy Inchingham's, his, her middle name was Mary, his then-girlfriend. She said that they just had a fight when he wrote this, but Hendrix says it's multiple sources. So she's like, this song's about me when huh. we had a fight, and he's like, no, he's it's like, about multiple. You're so vain. Yeah, exactly. You probably think this song is about you. It's cool the way they recorded this one, too. They had about 20 minutes of studio time. Did you read that? After yes. they did Fire. Yeah. And uh, he's like, he played it through once for Mitch, the drummer, and, and Noel. And the third time, they recorded it. That was it. And here and you he, go. he overdubbed a couple other guitars yep. on it, and that was it. They had written it the night before. Yep. And 
literally their their demo is what you're hearing now. Their first first pass at it is what you're hearing. He does some cool hammer-ons in this riff, especially when it doubles this guitar thing right here. Those little hammer-ons. He's he's moving up a chord, but the low note of the chord, the what becomes the third, starts as the second and he hammers it on to make the third. Same kind of thing he's doing there in the solo. Beautiful solo. I did want to throw one other Fat Mattress story in there, which Please. was Noel Redding's band. <laughs> I want all the Fat Mattress so stories. They actually opened for Hendrix a lot of times, okay. which means he would play two full sets. Yeah. Like his band would go on and he would play guitar and then he would be the bass player in I the Jimi that. Hendrix experience. Love that. Which I think it's super cool. I once saw, this is not in the same scale, but do you remember a band called Sunday Drive? Vaguely. They were a Christian band. They had one like semi, it, you can't call it a hit. They just had a song on the radio. And uh, I went to a concert and it was Sunday Drive opened up for um, Jackie Velasquez who opened up for Clay Cross. I might have those last two, you know, cross, but Sunday Drive was the band for all three. Oh, that's they cool. They played as the band for all three. I always thought that was awesome. Nothing says Hendrix like Clay Cross and Jackie Velasquez. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. There's people that are big Jimi Hendrix fans that are listening to this. Is like, are you talking about Sunday Drive over the Wind Cries Mary? (laughs) (sighs) Well, you know, Mary Magdalene. That's (laughs) famously. Did you know Jimi Hendrix was in the Army as a paratrooper? Yes. Wow. That's crazy. For like a year. Some tasty bass notes you can get in there if you're you're on headphones. Go for it, Noel Redding. Okay, shake them out, guys. That's right, guys. Shake them out. Get ready. This is coming. Kick you in the teeth. Whew. This is fire. This song could not have a more appropriate title because it is hot fire. I'll tell you what. There's not a better rock song to be found anywhere than this. They do not come better than this, in my opinion. There are covers of this, but they're nothing compared to this. (laughs) Yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers have one, but don't even try to. No. Don't put it on. The best cover of this that I know of is uh, Tia Carrera's band, Crucial Taunt, in the movie Wayne's World. They have a decent cover of this. I would have to go Chattanooga Blues, early 2000s. (laughs) I mean, what do you say about it? Just a killer riff. Lyrics. Killer feel. Yeah, lyrics are awesome. You know the whole move over rover? You know the story about that? No. It's actual. He was uh, at Noel Redding's mom's house and asked if he could warm himself by her fireplace. And they had a no big, great dang Right dog. here, take a listen. There you go. Okay, so finish the story. They're at Noel's, Noel's mom's house. Yeah. And, and he's uh, asking the dog to move. Yep, ask the dog to move. Great Dane. And he's like, move over rover and let Jimmy take over. Wow. And there you go. And that let became me stand the song next to your fire. Wow! And yeah, like the story. That's awesome. It happened, and he's like, "Let's write a song about it." That's outstanding. Boom! The drums on this song are so killer. Like, 
Mitch Mitchell is a little bit busy. Yeah, all you know the time. what I mean? All the time. Uh, if he was playing today, you'd be like, dude, bro, you're getting the pocket. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, but this song, perfect. Just enough extra ghost notes, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's a one and then a five minor on the chorus. Interesting. All you bass players that like to play chromatically. Yeah. Here we're going up a key, and then we're going to go right back down. Why not? Jimmy says several times over the course of this album that he won't do you no harm. He won't really hurt wants, you. Yeah, he wants, he wants you to know that. Then he's going to shoot you in the face. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Just don't cheat on him. That's you know? right. All right, now he's bringing it back down, though. This is uh, about to get into uh, some chill vibes here. Third Stone from the Sun. Everybody's favorite TV show, right? <laughs> yes. Third Rock. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, John Lithgow. <laughs> That's right. Should have done some Third Rock from the Sun. Homework. Not to be confused with uh, Third Rock from the Sun by Joe Diffie. Ah. Welcome to Earth, Third Rock from the Sun. It's mainly instrumental here. Yeah. Got the this weird intro part. Some sliding ma- major nights. That's right, like an octave melody. Yep. You're going to hear some weird voices that are slowed down, in some cases maybe reversed, um, but it's, uh, it's Jimmy, don't, don't fear. It's just Jimmy and uh, Chaz Chandler having their, basically this song is uh, from the viewpoint of aliens observing Earth, and uh, the voices that you hear are Jimmy and Chaz Chandler having a like alien NASA conversation about what they're seeing. And um, in the end, the most intelligent life they find on earth is chickens. I kid you not. (laughs) And uh, they just blow the earth up. That's, that's what's happening in this song. Kind of the West Montgomery style. Yeah, that's right. Yes. This octave thing that you're hearing is um, yeah. Very West Montgomery, West Montgomery famous jazz guitarist, incre- one of the most incredible guitarists to ever live. But mostly, man, we're just grooving here. Noel Redding kind of holds this song together. True. Because Mitch just gets kind of crazy on drums and obviously. It's do- really the same bass line as Fire. It's the same bass line we just boom, left boom, on Fire. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Here's those weird speaking parts. Yeah. Do you hear what Jacko Pastorius said about this song? He said mm-hmm. it's the most influential song on jazz ever. And that's from Jacko Pastorius. Weird. So yeah. Jacko Pastorius is one of the most well-respected jazz bassists of all time. Like progressive jazz. He was in Weather Report and, and uh, just an insane player. That's a weird claim to make. That's a very weird claim to make. Maybe he... It's a little bit jazz, but it's not like classic jazz. It's no. Like, so maybe he's talking about as something that allowed jazz to progress in this direction, maybe. Yep. Now, here we go. This is There's jazz. There's a jazz groove. Maybe, I, I mean, I guess so. Maybe as a... This is jazz. Maybe I mean, as, a, as a nudge toward progressive, you know, psychedelic jazz, you know, the kind of stuff that Jocko did. Yeah. We 
we've talked about this before, I think in season one, um, but it's worth noting that Jimmy lost the uh, Best New Artist Grammy <laughs> to Jose Feliciano, <laughs> the guy who did Feliz Navidad. The blind guy. <laughs> he just wants to wish you a Merry Christmas, you know? <laughs> Got some weird things here with the, the switch arm and the vibrato, the switch in the yeah, whammy bar. Whammy bar, yeah. Vibrato arm if you want to get technical. <laughs> Doom, 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 doom. Obviously not playing with a click here, everyone. They kind of yeah. changed tempos a little bit. Yeah, this was a different era of of recording, you know? It's it all recorded at once uh, with some overdubs, but, you know, your basic tracks are all recorded at once. And... Um, yeah, no click. It's just it's it's raw. It really is. You you know you hear stick clicks and stuff on the drums, which you would never hear now. They would yeah. go in and take that out. You know, replace it with something that sounded amazing. Some sample. Uh, weird stuff here. There's all kinds of covers of this. Stevie Ray Vaughan, Santana, Dick Dale, Pat Metheny does one. Government Mule, Gary Clark Jr. There's tons. See your cackling hen. He ends this, I don't know if you can make it out, but he ends this with a line about you'll never hear surf music again, which uh, oh. which they say is a, actually a reference to Dick Dale, who oh, you yeah. just referenced. Yeah, that he was, a, he was a fan, and it was kind of a tip of the hat to Dick Dale, famous surf guitarist. And I guess smoke them if you got them. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. This is one of those kind of songs that you can just kind of get lost in, though. It's so weird and so out there, but yet it's peaceful. There's a lot of weird dissonance happening, and you know what I mean? But there's a – if you can just kind of allow it to wash over you, then you can just kind of get lost in it, you know? I can imagine – I've never done drugs in my life, but I can imagine (laughs) – Spinning around the room. Yeah, if you were in a a, mind-altered state that you could get to a pretty neat place with this song, (laughs) I imagine – as we record this, we have our lava lamp going and our strobe light. <laughs> we're trying our best. We're trying you know? to get in the mood. Listen, we don't get high, but we're trying our best. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix is left-handed, for those of y'all that don't know. Yeah. Plays a right-handed guitar upside down. Upside down. Left-handed. Not strung upside down, just flipped, flipped upside around. down. Yeah. So, and he's, you know, you'll see people today now playing with a backwards headstock as kind of a tribute to him, uh, but he he didn't play with a backwards headstock. He just flipped a guitar upside down. One of my favorite guitar players ever, Dave Passmore, Smoking Dave, who we used his guitar chord for a while there. <laughs> he, he plays the same way. So this is some of that use of intentional feedback and just strangeness. It's not uncommon to hear that now. At the time, this was like, you know, and Jimmy didn't find a big audience in the U.S. right away. He did some, you know, he had done some touring as backing, uh, you know, backing other artists as a guitarist and that kind of thing. Um, but uh, really his initial success was in the U.K. He did some touring with the Monkees. I think we may have mm-hmm. mentioned this before that, uh, you know, initially did some, he did a few shows with the Monkees, but they weren't there to see him at that point. <laughs> they were there to see the Monkees, yeah. and he kind of got... Uh, 
you know, actually, this song, they would chant, the, all the girls in the crowd would chant Foxy Davy because they wanted to see Davy Jones from the Monkees. So Jimmy got tired of it and left the tour. <laughs> but uh, Those of you all that were ready for a radio hit, we're back. Oh, yeah. That's right. Give me something I can latch on to. Do you automatically think of Wayne's World every Absolutely. time? Absolutely. Every if single time. If you don't, time. you're wrong. Yeah. This was the Garth scene. Wayne's World, this, this song was my first experience with Hendrix because of Wayne's World, which came out when I was like 10. <laughs> It's from the scene where uh, they're at the like donut shop and Garth is imagining going to get this, you know, this uh, beautiful girl that works there. Kind of goes into a dream fantasy with the song. It's amazing. This is like classic Hendrix because there's the you know the feedback and the vibrato there at the beginning and yeah. then the Hendrix chord. Ah, uh, that tone. <laughs> Playing a Fender Strat. Strat, yeah. yeah. Who do you think is um, – is there a more iconic person that is tied to a particular guitar? You think Jimmy yes. – you think the Strat, right? B.B. King, Lucille. Yes. yes and yes. probably Clapton Blackie, Black yeah. Strat. Yeah. And maybe Eddie Van Halen, the oh, red yeah. and white yeah, black Yeah, 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 yeah. Duh. That's a good one. Hundred and fifty three on the Rolling Stones greatest songs of all time list. One fifty three. Foxy Lady. Yep. But it only peaked at sixty seven on the billboard. Huh. Which I thought would have been a lot higher. But. Yeah. But I guess that you know, at the time this was heavy, you know? That's true. So probably a lot of people weren't quite ready for this yet. Mm-hmm. Thank you, uh Michael J. Fox on uh, That's right. Back to the Future. <laughs> Their kids are gonna love it. So uh, at the 1967 Monterey Pop Festival, which is kind of Jimmy's um, kind of big break in America, um, he came on after The Who, and Pete Townsend smashed his guitar at the end of The Who's set, and then Jimmy followed with his famed performance in which he set his guitar on fire and just gets down on his knees and watches it burns like, come on. Not just with his playing, like with, you know, match it, like actual flames, set yeah, his guitar yeah. on fire. Like literal fire. Yeah. If you don't twitch when he hits that chord, yeah. like if you're left off. Oh, so good. No, I groove. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah. I, I do make funny faces. I'm just looking at some Jimi Hendrix facts from uh, songfacts.com. Some sometimes these don't all pan out, but uh they're 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 fun. It says uh playing with the Rockin' Kings, he played his first gig at a National Guard armory and they earned 35 cents each. <laughs> Here's some backwards drums we got going on here. Uh yeah, Jimmy played drums on part of this song. Really? Mhm. He wanted it looped, but they couldn't get the loop right. Huh. So. One chord, yeah. kind of drone-like all the way through. Yeah. Kind of that Indian classical music feel. Happens a lot in psychedelic uh, rock and psychedelic music in general. Kind of gives you a chance to 
zone out. You know, it's just this drone and you can, you know. So you've got reverse snare drum and cymbals with regular, like, you know, regular time uh, drums over the top of it. So this is the title track. Of all the songs, I don't know that I would have, you know, made this one the title track, but what do I know? He had to pick a question. He's got lots of questions. Yeah. He says, you know, even in the song, not necessarily stoned. He's saying, you know, but beautiful is what he says. I'm pretty sure he meant stone, (laughs) you know. Although we're we're entering into the portion of this album that is less depressed Jimmy and more confident Jimmy, um, you know, a lot of the songs on the back half of this are him basically being like, I'm awesome, don't try to tie me down. <laughs> so maybe he's talking about, are you experienced? Have you experienced me yet? <laughs> Somebody mentioned the title track. The cover on this, pretty iconic cover. The guy that did the cover, he's like, I don't, you know, he did a lot of different photo shoots, but he's like, the one thing I want to go with is every face has to be visible. Like, he's like, I want every single face to be visible in it. So if you'll notice, I mean, obviously it's the Jimi Hendrix experience, so he's the focal point, but he didn't want to leave out the other two. I'm sure they appreciated that. So here we've got a full backwards guitar solo. The whole thing is... He played it, and then if you really want to hear it, how it came out, then you should grab this on vinyl and play it backwards. Did four takes of this and use the last one on the backwards solo. He likes to laugh a lot. Like, he kind of chuckles often in his songs, you know. I want to take you home. (laughs) That's his uh, Michael Jackson hiccup, is his laugh. (laughs) Yes. Big influence on uh, Kim Walker Smith. Such cool sounds like this is this is not a big deal now, you know, but at the time it was really trippy. About to jump into Jeff Beck's favorite song. Really? Ever. Ever. His number one favorite song. Well, countercultural anthem here. Hmm. Yeah. Cool tone. That's a strat. You know strat when you hear it. Little cowbell. That was overdubbed, but this whole song was recorded in an hour. The only overdubs were that cowbell part and a couple Hendrix overdubs. Okay. Kind of has a low rider kind of groove. It does. You know, it wouldn't right. shock me to hear. It's the first bass line that Noel Redding learned. 
as he was a guitar player that yeah. they taught to play bass. So this was the first. Another fairly straightforward mix. There's been a lot of weird stuff, but this one's pretty straightforward. Straightforward. And you can hear influence on a lot of different people in this track. You like songs like this lived for a long time, you know, stylistically. If you could go back and live in this era, would you just for the music, for the music to be fresh? Like forever? Or is it like a visit? Well, I would definitely go visit. Yeah. If you could have the choice to give up your iPhone. Well, you, oh, well, you carry a flip yeah, phone. I don't so. care about the technology <laughs> if part. You, if, you could, if you could give up the things of this present age and go live in the late 60s, early 70s. I would, and I would take all the knowledge I have now, and I would show other musicians, like, I came up with this amazing riff. <laughs> right. We're going to call it Purple Haze. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> Wouldn't work. <laughs> Wouldn't work. Yeah. You'd be like, dude, check this out. I invented it. It's called it's called a two hand tapping yeah. hammer ons. Be like so Wouldn't weird. Work. We're not the right people for no, it. No, we're not. I don't look cool <laughs> enough. I was like, I'm gonna put this do rag around my this uh, scarf around my head and grow a fro <laughs> and do this song. I couldn't pull it off. Uh, nope. We're not gonna talk over the solo because it's a good one. <laughs> Do you smile in this song? Are you like a <laughs> side to side head smiler? Probably shouldn't. It should probably be more of like a like a angsty, you know, like mom, just leave me alone and let me ride my motorcycle and be what I want. You know what I mean? Like I think smiling is probably not cool for it. <laughs> That's why we we wouldn't make it. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, we would be smiling. We, smiling we would be playing playing music like this, but still with the guitars way up high like the Beatles. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just rocking back and, and in forth. In a tie. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Let's get weird again for five seconds and then fade and it then out. fade it super quick. Yeah. I don't know what this is 51st anniversary of or what it's in reference to. Do you know? Did, no. There's a, the story in the song, but I, I haven't really grasped what it is. You know, it talks about it's a, it's a couple's like 50th anniversary and then it's a 30th anniversary and then it's a 20th anniversary. I don't know. Kind of a mid-range, trebly sounding bass through the majority of this album. Yeah. It's not super, super deep. Noel plays through sun amps. I think this is just another song about not wanting to commit to a woman. I think as it unfolds, because he's talking about these happily married couples, and then I think basically at the end, he turns around to like, that's not going to be me, though. Not happening to me.
people think Hendrix and they think rock fire and rightly so, you know what I mean? But a lot of his stuff is just really good, clean riffs. You know, he has some good. They said he, he had to, um, he had some aversion to wanting to clean it up. You know what I mean? But that Chaz Chandler, convinced him, you know, either turn, you know, roll off the volume on your guitar or roll down the volume on your amp and clean it up a little bit on some of these and let him be sweet sounding and ballads and, and definitely a good call. You wouldn't want to hear this distorted, you know. Yeah, for a whole hour you wouldn't want to hear right. straight. No. Nasty. Who's your favorite Direct Hendrix disciple. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you got people that you just hear and immediately go, you listen to a lot of Hendrix. Oh, man. That's Who a, you got? I don't know. Who's yours? Probably Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah. That's, yeah. Stevie Ray Vaughan, Joe Cetriani, um, you know, Kenny Wayne Shepard. Kenny Wayne but probably. he's a generation, he's a... Younger version. Uh, he is a Stevie Ray Vaughan. Influenced. Yeah. yeah. That's good. He's a... Disciple of the disciple. Right. Ain't that some shame? <laughs> I wonder, I want to know, it, was that just an inhale? Did he just really inhale there? Or was that like an inhale? Was that a puff? <laughs> you know, he does it again a couple times toward the end of this song. He's not ready to get tied down, y'all. I'm telling you. One thing I love about old recordings is like everything's not in tune. No, they don't tune the bass. That's yeah. what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. You would never get away with it no. now, but it's some, it's okay for that stuff. It just <laughs> has a different sound, and it's fine. Now, old school wrestling fans may recognize this riff <laughs> as part of the opening, uh, as part of the the use in the theme music for the NWO. Highway <laughs> Child spells child the same way as Voodoo Child. Yeah. C-H-I-L-E, not to be confused with Chile. Highway Chile. It, uh, so we're in a swing groove here. Da, 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 da. And then we're going to go straight to straight rock before the uh, delivery of the hook. Right here, we're going to straighten it out to rock. Yeah. I like that. And then here we've got actually everything kind of goes straight swing at different points, but you it's most noticeable in the drums, but bass and guitar are doing it too. This is one of my less popular Hendrix songs that I like. Yeah. I think this is a yeah, I don't care much for the verses, you know, whatever. But by the time it leads up to that hook, baller. Like, this feels like just Pete Hendricks. And then they hit this.
So he's doing this technique. I almost mentioned it earlier, and then I, I waited too long. Where, ah, solid. He does this a lot when he solos, too. He, it's bending one note to meet another note, but not keeping them entirely in tune on purpose. So in other words, if you're in the key of E, uh, you would fret a high E on the you know 12th fret or whatever with your, with your first finger, and then bend with your ring finger a D up to an E, and you hold them both, you sustain them both, but you kind of intentionally keep them out of tune so that they rub against each other. Um, if you put them exactly in tune, it'll just kind of sound like one note. But by giving, giving the, the bent note a little vibrato, it's what gives you that sound of this main riff all right here we're going to hear it again that's what that is it's not an effect it's a it's a it's a um it's actually a, a product of dissonance it's when the waveforms rub, rub against each other you get that weird sound got some cording going on on the bass <laughs> go for it Noel. Yeah. In 2005, Rolling Stone ranked Are You Experienced 15th on its list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. And it has four songs on their list of the 500 greatest songs. Purple Haze, Foxy Lady, Hey Joe, and The Wind Cries Mary. I think it's neat, too. Mitch Mitchell's other band that he did something with, a band called Ramatam, or is also a three-piece. So he did a lot of stuff with three-pieces. It was him and Mike Panera from Alice Cooper and Iron Butterfly. Later and, went on. The guy makes some really good bread. Uh, <laughs> Panera and Tara bread. And April Lawton on bass. Gender reassignment surgery. What? Yeah. <laughs> this song was performed live less than ten times. And really? it was the last time played at the Monterey Pop Festival. Wow. Interesting. Can you see me? John Cena says absolutely not. Like Wiley Coyote just got shot into the sky from some crazy contraption. <laughs> kind of a cool. I enjoy the lyric on this song. It's got. It's an interesting thought. I I kind of take it as basically, uh, you know, he says if you can if you can see me, you can see into the future. If you can hear me, then you can hear a train coming from you know from a thousand miles away. Uh, like it's kind of like I almost take it as like. If you can catch what I'm putting down, you're catching the future. You you're know what way I mean? ahead of your time. Yeah. He was right. Yeah. It's just insane to think that he only put out three albums. The kind of impact, you know what I mean? I mean, my goodness. You think anybody else that did as much in as little amount of time as him? The, Man. This is. I'm not going to put these on the same level, but in the Christian music landscape, I would tie him to like the Keith Green, yeah, because like, he was did it just for a little while and was gone. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anybody who's burned so brightly over so, so short a time that made maybe that kind of Jim impact. Morrison, but not quite maybe, to that but level. Gosh, I don't even think so. 
follow up to this album was Bold as Love. Which Access Bold as Love. Access Bold as Love, yeah. And uh, sorry, I'm thinking of the song Bold as Love, but had uh, Spanish Castle Magic, Wait Until Tomorrow, Little Wing, If Six Was Nine, Castles Made of Sand, just, you know, What's another. What's Watchtower on? Uh, Watchtower must be on. I know it's the... a cover because it's not his song. But... Right, yeah. It must be a, a follow up to that one as well. While you're looking that up, this song is called Remember. Never played live or again in the studio by Jimmy. This is the one song on this album I can do without. Only time. Well, this is the only time he ever played it. He never <laughs> played it live. Never did it live, and he never did it again in the studio. Or anything. I, just I, basic twelve bar blues. Just sort kind of. of. Yeah. It's yeah, but it's got a weird. It's not exactly. No. No. It's progression's the same, right? Yeah. But it's there's something about it just kind of drums. chopped up. Yeah, see, they're just going to a five, and then a four, four. and then one. No, no, Stays yeah, on. and then one. I mean, that's mm. yeah, yeah, it's, okay, never it's mind. not. Yeah. yeah, I feel like this song wasn't finished. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like this song needed a, a round of rewrite. Yeah. It just kind of is there. There's yeah. not, this is the one just filler. Yeah. If we weren't all trying to listen together on this one, I would say, let's just skip this one. Should we go ahead and start talking about Red House since it's next? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe so. Because there's uh, a lot to cover on it. Yeah. Let me look. Go ahead. Um, we had um, Electric Ladyland was the, was the follow-up oh, to Axis okay. Boulder's yeah. Love. Yeah. And then Band of Gypsies in 1970 was the last. But Band of Gypsies was, is that his solo? Oh, it's another. It's not a Hendrix experience. Right. It's not a Hendrix experience. Yeah. Yeah, if you need a drink, you could go ahead and grab one now, I think. <laughs> We're about done, guys. Thanks for hanging with us. <laughs> I guess I should say, you know, I said earlier he had three albums he had three with the experience. He had three with the experience, and then he had two others on his own. But he was only only performing in the spotlight for four years. Like that's the kind of crazy impact he had. All right, we're going to talk a lot. Of, I feel like there's a lot to talk about on this song. Yeah, so this House. is the closeout to the album. Great one, and this is just a straight twelve bar blues. This is Red House. That was a nice setup with this is Red House. Yeah. It's in B flat, probably in B. Turned down, a ha- tuned down a half step. Wouldn't you think? I don't know. It's in B flat. Nothing wrong with B flat. We didn't talk about that first chord, the, dim- oh, the yeah. diminished seven. Yeah. It's really short for a blues song. It's only three minutes and fifty seconds. This is it really? Short. I just never think about it. I always think about it as being a little longer. Yeah, and this is the one song he didn't ever play a strat on. 
Like he wouldn't play a strat on this song. He played either a Gibson Flying V or a Gibson SG. Interesting. Um, which is kind of neat. And see, when I think of blues guitars, I go immediately for a strat. Yeah, but this is one that this is not a strat. Hmm. So, and then that's what made me think. I wonder if that's why it's in B tuned down a half step because this was his other guitar. Mm. Like he kept this one tuned down a half step. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Great story in this song. Like the lyric is just so good. 99 and one half days. <laughs> Love it. John Lee Hooker said, Red House will make you grab your mother and choke her. <laughs> I have no idea, but I believe him. Is that supposed to be a good thing? I guess. I don't... <laughs> oh, the bass on this? Yeah. Um, did you hear how they did it? It's uh, Noel Redding plays bass strings on a six-string guitar. Really? Yeah. So this is not a bass guitar. He's Weird. playing bass strings on a six-string guitar. Why would you do that? I have no idea. And, and how would you have to set up that guitar to avoid to, the buzz? Like, don't ask me. But Wow. The, that's really strange. You yeah. sure do. So basically what we've got, this guy hasn't been home to see his baby in 99 and one and a half days. And he goes home and uh, something's wrong. His key won't unlock the door. And he's realizing, well, crap, I guess she's gone. But and then the last verse is just one of those classic blues turnarounds. Oh yeah. Uh, last verse, he's like, "Well, if she's not here, uh, you know, if she if she don't love me no more, I know her sister will. Yeah. <laughs> so we're all good." <laughs> A lot of um, flippancy in relationships in great blues songs. You know. <laughs> That's right. I'm over going, yonder. Over yonder, way down across the hill. That's what I'm going to do. A <laughs> uh, little note on um, Band of Gypsies, the album, as I'm just looking at it, I just saw this and never noticed this. The producer of the album, it was live. It was a live album. So um, he, uh, the producer is was Jimmy, but hang on. Bring it home, Jim. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, he listed. He he was listed as a producer on his album under the name Heaven Research. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and there we have it. Kids. That was fun, man. That was a lot of fun. Different vibe than the Sting album that yeah, we listened listen through. Definitely, completely. definitely. Uh, a little more, a little more fiery, and a little less, um, you know, like chill, chill jazz. You didn't drink vibes. a coffee with this. No. Like Mm-mm. a sting you could put on your coffee. You could even read a book as you were listening to us and smoke your pipe. <laughs> but here, if you're smoking a pipe, it's a completely it's, different pipe. Yes. Exactly. And you're not drinking coffee. <laughs> That's for sure. Oh, man. Well, we hope you guys have enjoyed listening to Are You Experienced by the Jimi Hendrix Experience. Uh, this is so fun. Let us know online what album you want us to listen through next with you. Or uh, let us know if you even like the the album Listen Through. Oh, I know you like uh, it. Wait, no, you did because you like the Sting one. I hope I hope you guys enjoy this because honestly, the 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 Sting album is consistently in our like most downloaded episodes. Um, so it's it's had a long shelf life. So I'm assuming that means that people are digging it. Uh, so 
let us know what album you'd like to hear next. We've got some albums in mind, uh, but we'd love to know what you think. It's got to be a great one now. Listen, you know the, the standard is high. The bar is really high. If we're going to sit and listen to a, to a long album. Don't throw out Sunday Drive. No. Exactly. <laughs> don't, be, don't be bringing that mess up in here. Um, but, uh, yeah, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter at Great Song Pod. Check us out on the Facebook community at uh, Great Songs and the Great People Who Love Them Greatly. Uh, we got... Everything going on that you need to know at greatsongpodcast.com. We got merch. You can support the show that way if you want to do it. Um, and just hit us up. Let us know what you're thinking, what songs you want to hear, what albums you'd like to sit through. If you got uh, just cool thoughts about what we're doing or how we can improve the show, what features would you like? Can we add some air conditioning for you? <laughs> um, no, in all seriousness, thanks for listening. We're uh, and we appreciative touched, to everybody. And we touched on it earlier, but we talked about Cyprus. But thank you guys around the world that yeah. listen to us. That's super cool. Literally. And if you're in a country other than the United States, Send us a message, um, and we'll we'll find a way to get you a sticker. Absolutely, somehow that yes. would be so cool to have our sticker in Cypress on some landmark. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. You can. Uh, what's that called? Uh, you know, you can Banksy some building with our sticker. There you go. What's that called when you just you vandalize? Know, vandalize, yeah. <laughs> vandalize something with a great song podcast sticker. That'd be awesome. Uh, and send us a picture, and then you can get uh, arrested by your local <laughs> government. Uh, so, <laughs> thanks so much for listening. We're gonna get out of here. Uh, we appreciate it. That's. Um, that's a wrap on Hendrix, man. And I mean, the end of Black History Month. And Thank the end of Black History Month. Thanks for thanks for joining us for our first ever foray into uh, celebrating Black History Month on the pod. Uh, we'll, we'll probably I don't see any reason why we couldn't do this again every year. Uh, you know, American music is largely black music. Uh, you know, uh, especially you talking about the original art forms that that have become American music. And largely, you know, black creators are in the origins of it. So um, we will probably just continue to do this. And then uh, we'll see. We got some. Oh man, we got some good stuff. Listen, you guys don't even know what's we, coming. We're not for even going to do the, the season, teasers, but, but we've got some ideas oh, that are boy. that are not traditional. So. Yeah, here so, we go. Yeah, so we'll see you next time. But until then, I'm Rob. I am JP. Go listen to some music.